value this time in your life, kids. Because this is the time in your life when you still have your choices. And it goes by so fast. When you're a teenager, you think you can do anything, and you do. Your 20s are a blur. 30s, you raise your family, you make a little money, and you think to yourself, what happened to my 20s? 40s, you grow a little pot belly, you grow another chin. The music starts to get too loud. One of your old girlfriends from high school becomes a grandmother. Welcome back to my midlife crisis. So it's been a couple weeks since the last podcast, and um, part of that's been because of sickness. Uh, nobody wants to hear somebody severely congested to be talking on a podcast. Um, some of it's just been work. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, some of it's just part of what this whole midlife crisis thing is about. So let's jump into it. It's January 21st. We have now entered the Trump presidency. And um, I'm going to get a little political here. So if you're one of those folks who doesn't want to hear it, that's fine. If you're one of those folks who's burnt out on it, just skip ahead a little bit. I don't know how much further, but I'll try to keep it on the brief side. It's it's uh, I avoided the news. So I, I mentioned it in an earlier podcasts, like I just could not bring myself to vote for Trump. I ended up being a, a Clinton supporter in the end. That's where I ended up casting my vote. I really, really, really wanted to vote for Gary Johnson. But um, like he just showed up stoned to some of those interviews. And, you know, I don't judge him for it, but not when you're running for fucking president, man. So I ended up going with Clinton. Um, in all transparency, they both, Clinton and Trump, I thought were slime. Um, I just would rather go with the person who's a political slime ball rather than the person who's a corporate slime ball. Because corporations, in the end, are just trying to get your money. Politicians, in the end, are just trying to get your support so they can go to corporations to get their money. So, I really don't see this election as a, a win-win in any scenario. There's a lose-lose no matter what. And I just think that right now it might get a little bit worse. And here's the deal. So, I'm a white, educated male with no debt. That's bad. You know, car and house payments. That's it. Um, I made out well on this election because if there's anything the the history has shown us, it's when guys like him take office, people like me tend to do better. You know, I have retirement set up in a 401k. I've got a Roth IRA. Things are going to probably be okay for me. I'm going to walk out of this fine. Um, But for me, it's not about money. It's about civil rights. And some of it is just about proper governance. So here's the deal. Cabinet. Right. I voted for George W. Bush the first time, first time only last time, first time, last time. And uh, man, we thought, OK, this guy, he's, he's not very bright. Um, we all knew that going into this. No one's ever sitting there saying, like, he is a very enlightened individual. I liked George W. Bush because he was against nation building in foreign countries. And because I thought he was going to go and nominate the best cabinet possible, people who knew what they were doing, and would go in there and do a great job. And I think that that was a very ignorant decision to see things that way. Um, we all can agree that while Bush's, I mean, his, his primary agenda was a lot of it was education focused. 
okay, so much of it was focused on education. If it, it yet rewind back to like, I'd say like August of 2000 to find any of this stuff because it all went out the fucking window about six months later. And, you know, a year later, like, that's it. Done. We are not just nation builders. We are nation destroyers and rebuilders. And it's been that way for, damn, almost 16 years at this point, 15 and change. So, um, so for me, the, the cabinet picks were really what fueled my desire to vote for uh, George Bush that time. And uh, I feel like we got screwed a little bit on that one. Not so bad. This time, America, wake up. We are about to get fucked real bad, okay? Like, real bad. And this is not good. It's all billionaires and generals. Billionaires and generals, that's all it is. It's the Grant administration. It's ridiculous. So, you know, my my feelings are, this Mnuchin guy, he should be in jail. Um, Price, this this guy is... is just reeks of guilt. He should be in jail. I can't believe that we're going to put the CEO of ExxonMobil and make him America's top diplomat. Like, that's unbelievable. And and then the Amway chick is going to be running... She's never even attended public school. And she's going to run the Department of Education. And, and I'm not a huge fan of the Department of Education. Um, I don't think it functions well, but I think it should exist. She's just going to drive into the wall. I mean, we're not even talking about Rick Perry or some of the other ones. So, like, that's that's my take right now is is this guy has stacked up a deplorable cabinet of people that are really just going to use their time in office to maneuver themselves into a better position. And then that's it. They're just going to leave and make money. And then he'll turn it over to another series of people because they don't stay the same. It's going to change. It's going to be changeover. Um and this whole time, we're going to have that goddamn harpy, Kellyanne Conway, just oh, in our face the entire time. I just, oh, man, it's just hard because he's he and so many of his people are just such sleazeballs. And they're clearly not in this for the good of, uh, okay, so here's my take. The good of the American people is, is, is an important thing. The good of all people, I think, is maybe more important, Okay. Um, there's people that are sitting there like Obama is going to try to make us part of the one world government. Hillary Clinton is going to make us part of the one world government. Maybe that's not the worst thing in the world if we had one world government because uh, there's a lot of people out there that they're a problem in some of these countries. And um, if we were to, if not even we, but if there was a collective government that was in charge of the world, I, I don't see how that's a bad thing. I really don't. Um we can then cross cultural things can happen. I think you would find things to change dramatically and um, probably for the better. You know, I think the humankind needs to have sort of a, a reformation as a, as a species, not even reformation, just a coming together, you know, a global enlightenment. You know, the enlightenment was really just centered around Europe. And while we Europeans think that Europe is the center of the universe, it, it is not. And it's not the center of culture in our world. And I don't think it would be a bad thing if there were just universal laws, you know. I, I, so anyway, um, it's kind of a sad day for democracy, in my opinion, because uh, only about a third of the country actually ended up voting for this guy. And that kind of scares me. 
that kind of scary. It's less than a third, actually. I think it's twenty-seven percent with the numbers. And um, it, it, you know, we we need to go to these protests. And if people that are there didn't vote, they should not be allowed to protest. You sh- you shouldn't. You know, you can you can criticize your government, fine, but you should not be out there doing that because you're you're protested by not voting, and it's just so frustrating to hear that. And uh, it's not sour grapes. It's not a, um, one of those, uh, oh, you just got stop being a crybaby about it. It's, like, it's not being a crybaby. It's we're voicing serious concerns about this guy's choices for who's going to run our government. And sorry, Mitch McConnell, you have to answer to us. Even if the people that elect you um, don't care, um, you still have to answer to the American public. Because that's just how that shit works. Because I pay your health insurance, asshole. I pay for your um, your retirement and your salary, which I think is unearned. And, um, you know, there's, there's some serious concerns there. And I don't like the rhetoric coming out against the protests because I feel like that's really a horrible thing. Um, when Obama got elected, like, there were, like, white supremacist rallies. And they were burning effigies of him. And saying, hang in there, Obama, with nooses. And it's just so classless that when there's a silent, or not even a silent, but just like just organized protests against this guy, that people are being told, oh, and look at all of these, these, these scumbag hippies coming out. Like, it's just really, uh, it's very disheartening to see that a party that was. They just they told our president you're not an American citizen for eight years, and now that's it. You just you can't take the lumps when it's your turn. I, I don't understand, um, and, and that's that's why I think the system is 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 so. I think it broke a long time ago, and we're just seeing the wheels starting to fall off now. And um, I don't think this is gonna be the last president we're gonna have. I like the. Uh, season finale of the United States January 20th that was kind of funny I thought that was pretty funny creative creative I saw the same thing a couple of years ago when Obama got elected and we felt the same way when uh George Bush somehow got elected for a second term against a war hero that they turned they made look like a scumbag which that was really for me what did it because I was I was like okay let's see let's see what they're gonna do in this 2004 election maybe Maybe there'll be a return to some sense here. You know, we were embroiled in a war, and um, we had a guy who was a, a hero in Vietnam run for uh, office against a guy who um, dodged Vietnam while he was not showing up. A- and uh, that was when I really, it clicked for me that, like, this is just the wrong path. This is just wrong. Um, I respect a man who jumps out of a boat and chases down a kid with a rocket launcher because that kid with the rocket launcher was going to shoot him with the rocket. So uh, the the whole swift boat thing, if, if you're younger and you've not heard about this, um, go look that up, the swift boat scandal of 2004. So that was that was infuriating. And um, those men who, who were in his battalion that spoke up against him, that, that's going to be a, a hard reckoning. And I don't know how you sleep with yourself when you do something like that. So, all right, enough of the politics bullshit. Um, I, I, I just really wish they would have passed uh, legal marijuana in the state of Arizona. It's going to be the only way we're going to be able to get to the next four years. So, California. Um, 
And it's just, I don't get that whole thing. Why don't they just legalize it everywhere? Like, I don't understand why this is such a problem. I mean, I get it that it means less people are doing oxys and less people are, are going to be using these, um, these prescription medications, but I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, my mom had surgery and, um, she used medicinal marijuana instead of taking oxycodone or oxycontin or whatever it was. They just took that crap and they threw it in the garbage. And I, I don't see why. And she, she she recovered fine. She didn't want to touch those pills. And I'll tell you what, right now, if I had to get surgery, no way in hell am I taking Vicodin or any of those, those pain medications. No way, no how. I'll figure something else out. Um, but that's just, uh, stuff scares me. Stuff scares me. And uh, it's it's sad that those companies prey on the the uh, the fears of people that believe propaganda was created back in the 1940s. It's just shocking, it's shocking. Well, anyway, so this is uh, what comes next, right? So what comes next for our country? What comes next? Well, we got a Supreme Court justice nomination that's going to have to happen. I would rather just them wait it out and see if one of those other justices. Um, decides to retire just keep it at seven why don't we just do this like uh, the way they did it back in the day okay if you look at our in our history you'll see that there were six Supreme Court justices in uh, 1789 and then a little bit later on Thomas Jefferson added a third uh, seven, uh, seventh one and then Grant added two more now I think that um, maintaining any political policy that Ulysses S. Grant put through is probably a bad idea probably a bad idea if you don't know the history about that you can go kind of look it up um you know the poor guy came in in a really shitty scenario because he just replaced definitely the worst well i'd say the second or third worst president ever andrew johnson um fall down drunk at his election or when he got sworn in after lincoln's assassination and um just completely fucked up the reconstruction of the south and uh then they then they elected one of the fiercest generals against the south president so, yeah, I mean, that's it's an interesting time. I think we're getting close to being at that level of antitrust against government um, dissatisfaction with the way things are in our country. You know, it's it's just like it was in the 1870s and, and the way I see it, except we've changed our tone a little bit from um, from being against slavery to being against uh, immigrants. And unfortunately, I find myself kind of stuck in a weird quagmire there because I, I can kind of understand why we don't want some of these people coming over. Uh, Europe is a mess right now. Um, there's a lot of problems going on over there, and a lot of it's from the refugee crisis. And the refugee crisis is caused by the destabilization over there. So it kind of is our fault, in a way, because we sort of went in there and destabilized some of those regimes and all that stuff. What comes next for us, I think, is just going to be a lot of the same. I don't. I actually don't see anything changing much. I know he's going to say he's going to do more in his first 100 hours than most presidents do in their first 100 days, and I think it's a lot of horseshit. I think he's going to... Um, what I would like to see is the first thing they're going to give this guy from the Congress and the Senate is going to be um, the uh, the Obama repeal, and there's going to be nothing in place for it. And I hope, and I pray, I don't pray, I hope, <laughs> I have optimism that um, he said we will repeal and replace and the Republicans have said, we're going to repeal, and we'll see where it goes from there. I hope he has the balls, and I think he does. I think if anybody did, it would be this guy. 
has the balls to say, no, I'm going to veto your appeal. You need to replace it. Get to work. And then he's going to see how slow DC really is. I mean, we, we have a guy who's making all these promises of all this shit that's going to happen and it never does. It's like saying you're going to podcast once a week and then, you know, two months go by. So what's going to happen to this guy? Uh, I don't know, man. It's just it's, it's a scary thing. He's put all these generals in there because all the people in the military know he's just fucking coward. He had five deferments from Vietnam, something crazy like that, three deferments. Just more than one. You, you got to go. I mean, I, I, I get nobody wanted to go, but you got to go. You know, it's hard that uh, you have a guy who had, he had more deferments or he had just as many deferments from Vietnam as some of these veterans have had tours of duty in Iraq. I don't know how he's, how this is going to work. I mean, if you're a military person, how could you possibly listen to this guy or the last guy or the guy before that or the guy before that um, or the guy before that or the guy before that? Yeah, then... Okay, so shit, it's been a long time. It's been, it's been since, like, Kennedy that we really had anybody who actually served and actually was in there. Okay, maybe George H.W., because he was uh, the head of the CIA, which means he was a bad motherfucker. Um, so maybe then. Okay, I'll take that. But, you know, like, Ronald Reagan? Come on, man. He, he was. Those were movies that he was in. Anyway. So, yeah, I just see some of that happening. I see... Uh, um, you know, when it comes to immigration, not a good president. He's going to be a very scary president if you're an immigrant. I think um, public education is in deep shit. I think I mean, public education has been in deep shit for a long time. And it's, it's going to continue to be. And um, that's not going to change. So I don't see any, any progress there. <clears throat> you know, I don't think he's going to go in and get rid of the ESSA or anything like that. Uh, I think I think education is going to be kind of like what happened with Bush where it was something we are going to do something about, and then something else came up, and that was it. And then it was something that we looked to for Obama to take care of, and he's like, no, 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 healthcare. Which, I, I, there's studies that show the more educated people are, the better their health is. It's easier to, it's easier to impose a healthcare bill than it is to do education reform, in my opinion. So I guess that's why he did that. So that's another wasted eight, 16 years of wasted time. You know, Clinton wasn't exactly the best for that either. So, you know, it's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. So that's not going to do anything. I don't see anything happening there. I think we're going to get into a war, but I think it'll be like a little war, not like a real war, not like a, an Afghanistan or a Vietnam or anything like that. I think it'll be, um, we'll team up. What I, I think is going to happen is we'll team up with Russia and beat the shit out of North Korea. And it's going to happen in like two or three days. And that's going to be about it. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be like, oh, man, North Korea is a fucking mess. And then let South Korea take over, and then that'll just be a shit show over there for the next 30 years. So, I mean, that's what I think would happen. Um, I, don't, I don't foresee anything else going on. It looks like this whole ISIS thing is, is starting to finally wind down after, God, like seven, eight years, six, six years maybe. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, after all this time we've been over there doing that stuff, it seems like it's going to finally uh, fade out. And he'll take credit for it, you know, just just like Obama took credit for finding Osama bin Laden, which I'm so glad we found him in that sector of Kashmir that we spent all that money on. Oh, wait, no. They found him in that scumbag fucking country of Pakistan. Those dirtbags. They're a scary country. That's a problem. That's another area that's a problem there. 
So we'll see. I don't know. Um, probably one or two. Maybe maybe another war. Another little weird war that makes no sense. Like all of a sudden we have troops in like Libya or something weird. And we're like, what the hell? And then all of a sudden they're gone. Or like Argentina. Something strange. Doesn't make any sense. Or uh, was it the... Over in Africa, West Africa, they got the problem was it Gambia, I think, is is uh, the place where the guy lost the elect, the dictator lost his election and said, ah, nah, fuck that. I'm not going out of office. <laughs> like, I think maybe that's where it is. The guy who said he's going to reign for a billion years. He dresses like uh, the head of the Romulan Empire. Yeah. So I think uh, maybe something weird like that in Africa, uh, which would make sense because I think Africa is going to be the next Middle East. You know, China is investing a huge amount of resources and and money and energy in Africa. And um, at some point, we're going to wake up and be like, oh, shit, we got to go over there now. Kind of like how that, that happened in the Middle East, where for a while we we're like, oh, no, everything's cool, everything's cool, everything's cool. We're going to spend some time over here in Serbia and, and Eastern Europe. And we have to worry about the Cold War. So, you know, like, uh, well, don't worry about those hostages and crises. We'll, we'll just, we'll ignore all that bullshit. And, um, yeah, that piss in the ass. So, stock market's going to rage. And for that, I'm excited because I think I can actually I have enough money now. I can throw my hat in the in the game, um, and I'm I'm kind of think that's that thing that's okay. You know, I think the it's going to go up, it's going to go down. It'll be you know, there's another housing bubble on the, on the market that's going to happen. It's been building up. I'm hoping to capitalize on that one, and uh, then um, see where it goes from there. You know, it's I hate to sound like this, but it's like if, if it's going to be this kind of a ride. You know, if you're on if you're on a roller coaster, you might as well put your hands up, right? So, we'll see. Um, midterms will be the determining factor. I think there's going to be a huge pushback, and that's really what I think is the scariest thing here is that for all these years that this country has been here, um, it's always sort of been a waxing and a waning, the left and the right, and the, the conservative and progressive, or conservative and liberal. Um, we're all liberal. That's what I, I think to people to understand. Um, life, liberty. And the pursuit of happiness, like liberty, is is it's in the things that we talk about. So we are all liberals. We really are. You know, it's whether it's progressive or conservative. I think is what it comes down to. And uh, you know, it it always swings one way or the other, and it just seems like when it goes hard one way, like with the Obama administration, it swings back even harder. The election of the, the landslide victory of Trump. You know, in the electoral college, and I get the electoral college. I totally understand it. Um, I see how it works, and you know what? And this is what they're saying now. Well, if it was a popular vote system, it would have campaigned differently. And Hillary lost the vote because she didn't she didn't play the electoral college. And they're right, hundred percent right. It's like yeah, she lost the election because she ignored areas of the country that were supposed locks. And it's like no, it's not a lock. It's not a lock. You're not. Uh, Mrs. Clinton, you are no Barack Obama, okay? She came with so much baggage. She came with so much bullshit that we never got from him. If Obama showed up, it was like, who the fuck is this guy? The best they could do is be like, he's uh, not an American citizen. That's it. That's all they had on him. Like, really? That's all they had on him. They had nothing else. They were, oh, okay, so he, so he smoked some weed when he was in college, like everybody who voted for him. <laughs> it's like, it's like that's not gonna win. It's not gonna sink this guy. We made it very clear back in the '90s that we don't give a shit if you smoke weed when you're in college, or at, and, you know, it's almost the point where we don't give a shit if you smoke weed. I mean, hell, Marion Barry won an election after he got convicted of smoking crack with a hooker in a fucking hotel room, and he's mayor of D.C. Ah, 
So I, I don't know. It's a uh, it's it's going to be a weird couple of years. I think the midterms you're going to see a really hard pushback, and um, I'm curious to see how effective it'll be. You know, you elect Barack Obama president, you have the birth of the Tea Party. It's like that's kind of scary. I I'm scared of Tea Partiers. They're they're fucking crazy. If you want to live like it was 1776, give me your toilet paper and your cell phone, and good fucking luck. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, it's 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 an evolving process. And to hold a document that's 200 years old or a book that's 2,000 years old and say that this is the way things need to be and they need to always be this way is, is just, uh, it's silly. It's silly. And it's against uh, maturity. So we'll see where we go from here because this is a, uh, this is going to be a, an interesting four years. It's going to be an interesting uh, two years. First six months will probably be the craziest, and then you'll see everything slow down a whole lot. One thing that, um, th- so if there's one group of people who are going to actually make out well on this case, like, dude, you're going to get to keep all the things you got from the Obama administration. You're barely on the radar for this guy, Trump, because, you know, even he knows that this is not worth fighting for. It's not worth fighting over the gay thing. Transgender thing is just, it's it's been a little hard. It's been that you guys have pushed it a little too hard. And I think you need to just chill. Okay, just chill. It's part of the reason why this guy got elected. Because some people are like, I want you out of my bathroom. Just, who fucking cares? Some people do. So that's that's one of the things that um, I think is is being unseen and uncredited right now is that he's going to be way easier on gays than. Um, or homosexuals, whatever you want to call it. Just don't get offended by it. We'll call you gays. It's okay. It's not a judgmental thing. So, yeah, I think that's going to be uh, one of his his uh, his pluses, and I bet you he uses that to get hit his second term. Um, the Democrats, I think, are incapable of, of running somebody good in 2020. They can't run Bernie. Uh, he may not make it to 2020. Um, so we'll see where it goes from there. So uh, what's what's been great lately is um, the new kitchen and cooking in my new kitchen. It's been awesome. So I, I spent a lot of time watching cooking videos on YouTube instead of podcasting like I want to. But it's um, you know making your own food is is, is so satisfying. And uh, I just started using um, we switched up all of our uh, cookware too. So when, when we started this whole process of getting a new kitchen, it was because our cabinets were falling apart and they're old and they're awful. So, you know, it's like, well, we can get new cabinets. And then, you know, the wife's like, you don't just get new cabinets. You get new cabinets, you get new countertops. I didn't want to get new countertops. I mean, I did, but I knew that it's like, well, countertops are fucking expensive. And they are. And, um, so we uh, we ended up getting granite countertops. And uh, when we're talking about it, I'm like, well, let's just, just do a little bit more than this. We changed our island. So our island is like an actual island instead of a fucking obstacle, which is what it's been. And um, redid the whole kitchen, backsplash, everything. And it is gorgeous. And cooking in there is, is so much more satisfying. But having just the kitchen be new, not quite enough for my wife. Oh no. 
instead of that, um, so her parents pitched in and were like, well, you know, they're having a big sale at I guess Bed Bath and Beyond or Macy's or some shit. And, you know, for your new for Christmas, we want to get you new pots and pans. So I'm like, all right, shit. Stainless steel calphalon. That's where we're going to go. If I want to cook, I'm going to cook. So we got that. And then part of the Christmas expenditures was getting new um, getting new flatware and getting new uh, plates and bowls and everything. We just did a whole reboot of the kitchen, and um, it's been awesome. And we're really excited about it. I'm doing a lot more cooking in there. Um, I'm, I'm learning a lot more about how to use the stainless steel stuff. I'm also learning how much of a pain the dick it is to keep that shit clean. Man. Um, when stuff gets stuck on it, like you gotta really go for it. And um, we got stuff called Barkeeper's Helper. Um, if if you have anything like that, this shit is the best. It gets grease and everything off of just about any surface you can imagine. It's it's cool stuff. You gotta wash your hands afterwards because it's not stuff you want to get on you. But um, it's it's really cool, and um, we've been really enjoying doing a lot of cooking in there. And we can actually entertain people for the first time in our house's history because. Our kitchen isn't like this awful, disgusting embarrassment. And you know the way our house is, and I don't know if it's designed this way or if it's just how it is, but it pulls you into the kitchen. Like it just feels like the flow of the house brings you there. So now that we actually have a a, a, a heart to our house that people can go to, we're going to start like entertaining more, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. So now that we, we have this kitchen, we can do cooking, we can start actually cooking healthy, which is going to be... Very exciting. Very exciting. It's a new endeavor. Um, so I did start a new endeavor that is, I think, the epitome of the 21st century midlife crisis. Um, I got what I think it should, it should just be the mascot of the midlife crisis. So like in the 80s, your big midlife crisis thing was, I'm going to get a fast car. I'm going to get one of those sports cars from from Japan or something. And... Uh, that's cool. I, I'm not really big into cars. You know, I I like one that's that's square and functional. So wasn't going to go that direction. I think we got to the 90s. You started seeing guys going crazy with like the, even the 90s was the cars. But then, you know, 2000s, you started seeing guys like that were a little bit too old playing video games. And it's like, mm, you might be a little too old to be rocking Halo right now or World of Warcraft or something like that. And uh, I feel like that was one of the things, but I got what I consider to be the new toy for uh, the midlife crisis gentleman, and that is I got myself a drone. Yeah. So um, I started getting into droning, and um, part of the reason is because I go on hikes, you see cool shit. Well, if I could be like 20 feet taller, I could see even cooler shit. And that's kind of what the drone's for. Is um, I'm really just getting it to, to do uh, photography and video and stuff like that. So I, I did a lot of research on it. Everybody's saying like, oh, you got to get, you know, these drones and all this stuff, and they're all like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. I I can't spend that kind of money. I mean, I could, but I I don't want to spend that kind of money yet. Definitely not now. So I I uh, decided to get my starter drone. So I went out and um, I bought myself a a Sima drone. And um, started playing around with that, and that's a lot of fun. My goal right now is to learn how to use it, to get used to using it, learn how to control a drone so that it's not like flying all over the place, which I'm getting better at. I actually 
have learned how to maneuver it so it kind of hovers in one spot so I can take video and pictures and stuff. Um, and then I want to ultimately use the drone to uh, record my wife's marching band during her shows when she starts teaching high school. Uh, so, um, which I guess if you know me and my, my wife, that might be news. So that's kind of unofficial, but um, she wants to teach high school. She's She's going to be applying for high school positions and I always thought man if I could just get like some really cool drone footage of like flying through the band or in the show and stuff like that like that'd be really cool to put together really cool videos and use that for promotional stuff that'd be awesome unfortunately I was the band director so I, I didn't have the time energy or brain space for any of that but I'm not a band director anymore and she's gonna be so I, I'm gonna experiment a little bit with this once I get a feel of how it works and how I can maneuver it. Um, I'll do a little bit of sort of like, hey, friend, can I come by during your band camp and video your band? Or, you know, maybe I'll talk to the local drum corps and say, hey, you know, uh, I'm trying to play around with these drones, take videos. Can I just like fly over you guys while you're playing a couple of things and just take some cool video? I'll give you guys copies. You know, we can you can use it for whatever, however you want. Um, you know, because the GoPro thing with marching bands is like huge um, and they're kind of cool. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, they sound like shit, but they're kind of cool. <laughs> and uh, the video on my drone, it, it sounds like shit too, but you know, you just plug that bad boy into GarageBand or something like that and splice a video on top of it and put your own, you know, mute it and then put your own music in. Like, that's kind of what the intention is going to be. Uh, so I started playing around with that, and um, that's going to be a lot of fun. I have a, a gig in Tucson. I don't want to say a gig, I have a concert in Tucson with uh, the adult band I play with. And it's a beautiful, beautiful church. So I'm going to go there and bring my drone and fly it up there and take some pictures. But it's totally, it's a toy, man. It's it's uh, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, yep, this is definitely a sign that I have entered the middle of my midlife crisis. You know, I already did the whole boil your life up thing. Now I'm doing the reclaim your youth because I'm playing magic again. I'm playing with drones. It's like I'm fucking like living my 14-year-old dream playing in a really awesome concert band. I got a great wife. The dog is a new thing. She's, she, she was never in the picture, but still. Um, you know, I got tech toys that are the envy of, of all the people that are into those things. And uh, it's interesting. It's, it's turning into a very interesting uh, situation. So I got my, my practice drone, and I'm flying that around. Um, the video is only okay, so I think... Uh, once I can get some decent video off of it, and uh, I might put that up on the website and share that with the world. But that's that's my newest foray. And and one of the weird things about the midlife crisis for me is that everything I do, I kind of want to find a way to monetize. Like, how can I make money with this drone? And I really just should just enjoy it for what it is, and that's it. But, you know, it's the world we live in. You always want to try to capitalize. And I've always felt like I just want to go deeper into it. Because that's just how things are. It's like when I'm really in my, my sales mode, I get really deep into finding out, like, oh, I want to find more. I spent like seven hours just researching audio gear for marching bands so that when people want to buy it, I know what to tell them. And that's important, but at the same time, it's a weird rabbit hole to fall down. It really is. I feel very educated now, and I'm more than happy to help out any of my clients who need that kind of stuff. It's just that it's. I find myself doing that all the time. Is falling down these rabbit holes, 
uh, it's just an interesting thing. And um, so one of the, the things that I kind of want to talk about that is very midlife crisis here is just a difficulty staying focused. Um, you know, this is where some of the podcast name comes from. What comes next? It, it, I think I, just, I should go in and there should be a question mark at the end of it, but I know punctuation typing gets weird, so maybe there won't be, but um, I kind of have like a mysterious future. I don't know where the next step is going to go. And, and it's exciting, terrifying, and um, I feel very lucky that I get to have this anxiety because not everybody does. And, and uh, I, I'm going to say some stuff that might be a little controversial. Some people might take offense to it. I don't mean it in any offensive way. But being somebody who doesn't have kids, you have to try a lot harder to figure out what the hell you're going to do with your life. Um, you know, and as a teacher, it was easy because it's just year and then the next year. Then, you know, you have your five-year plan. You have your, like, your eight-year plan. You have your multi-year plans. You know, you try to execute those plans, and each year is just like a process of executing. But now that's gone. I don't have that anymore. Um, when you have kids, your your plan is very simple. <laughs> First of all, one, don't let your kid die. Like that's like a big one, right? Second, don't make sure your kid's not a fuck up. That's another one. And that 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 in and of itself, those two things, like that's it. That's your that's pretty much your your number one jobs. You know, make sure that they stay alive and they just don't turn into fuck ups. Um, which you know, that's hard. I'm not trivializing that in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, you have sort of a, a set prescription of what you're doing for, you know, 18 years, 22 years. Well, I guess we're talking about the new generation, 20, like, seven years. But, you know, you have it kind of laid out for you. Sure, you have to navigate the map, but you, you've got borders that you have to stay in if you want to be a good parent. You know, some people don't give a fuck. I get it. But, uh, you know, for the most part, you really have to, you know what you're going to do. It's like, okay, we're getting ready for kindergarten next year. So we got to make sure that, you know, they play well, they know how to take a shit, you know, things like that. You know, basic stuff. And, and each year, you know, you incrementally have, have a focus. And it's so much easier in this country, especially in the state, where it's like, hey, uh, kid stuff, bye. You know, it's like, that's it. You can't, oh, well, I got kid stuff. I got to do it. And I'm not judging. I get it. It's an important fucking job. It's so important of a job. I say, no, thank you. Okay. Some of us have decided to opt out. Um, but it is a sort of, and you can see this. This is where you can see it the most. The empty nesters. Why is there an empty nest syndrome? Well, it's because life is pretty much laid out for you until your kids are gone. And then after that, you're in the situation that I'm experiencing right now. Where it's like, well, what am I going to do with the next... X amount of decades. Um, I mean, you're, you you focus on getting to retirement age. Then you, if you are lucky enough to get to retirement age and be able to retire, then what's next? I mean, I think one of the things that uh, it's throwing my parents off a little bit is, well, usually for a lot of people, it's, well, I'm just going to take care of my grandkids and I'm going to help my kids out. Well, I don't have no grandkids uh, or kids. My parents don't have grandkids. Um like, I, I think that kills my mom just a little bit. My dad doesn't seem to give a fuck, um, which is, is probably good. He'd be a good grandpa. You know, he's gonna be, he'd be a great grandfather, but uh, it, it, I think he could go through the rest of his life not having to deal with that and be totally fine, and I think my mom's the same in some respects. I think she does miss it, though, because her sister has grandkids, and I, I could tell it kind of gets at her. 
but sorry, it's not my job to have kids. You know, it's that's not like a requirement. You don't have to, believe it or not. You, uh, some people can't. I mean, I, I I don't fall in that category, which kind of puts me in another little category of people that are kind of looked down upon. It's like, wait, you choose not to have kids? It's like, yes, I choose not to have kids. I, I talked for 14 years. I Believe me, I don't want fucking kids. <laughs> I've seen them in every stage of development, and it's like, yeah, no. Kids are a lot of fun when they're like 13. <laughs> Everything before that, a little dicey for me. Um, so I'd rather not do something than do it poorly, personally. But um, that's a that's a whole thing. So now I'm stuck in a situation where it's like, well, who am I now? And, and I'm going through that. That's like my, my midlife crisis really, I think, boils down to an identity crisis. And, and I just sat back and, you know, I drive a lot, so I have a lot of time to think. And I just have a handful of buckets that are my important buckets. You know, I, 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 have, I have a private studio. Um, I have two students in my private studio, so that, that's part of my things that I do. Um, I play in a community band. And um, it's 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 a great community band. We are we are fucking awesome. Tempe wins. If you're in the the Tempe area, come check us out. We got two more concerts. They're gonna be killer concerts. One of them is like this really great band music concert, and then the other one is an all Disney concert. And it's like all the major Disney ones and a couple that I'd never heard of. I mean, I know the music, but I just never heard of the arrangements. So they're gonna be amazing. So this group is like hot shit. Um, I really wish we would go to the next level and do like recordings and play, you know, but we're not quite there yet. And it's because it wasn't the focus for the, of the director for a long time. You know, he, he never wanted this to be some sort of professional group. And now that he's retired and he spent a couple of years out, I think part of him is like, huh, I wonder how much of a run we could make. And I'd love to see it. I'd love to do it. I want to be part of it. And I, I hope we can. And then I have my own concert band. I have my own community band. Um, and I love that. So that on top of my job, which I'm apparently doing very well at, um, great. I actually had a weird conversation. This was the strangest conversation in my life. So my my super my manager calls me up and he's like, okay, you know, we're talking about he's, he's telling me, oh, you know, commissions are in. You know, you you made some commission. And he kind of told me about it. I'm like, all right, cool. Like I, I kind of knew that that was going to happen, and I knew that I was going to get some money. So like, all right, rock on. You know, it wasn't big money, but it was money. And it was extra money. So, you know, extra money is always good money. And uh, then he told me that um, because of when I came into the company, they have to do an annual review. And I'm like, all right, well, cool. You know, I'm always all for personal growth. You know, it's, it's a big thing for me. It, it's knowing what I need to get better at. You know, not, you know executing that is part of the, the struggle for me. But, you know, I always want to know what I can do better. And um, he said, well, based on what we've reviewed you for, you're actually due for a merit increase. I'm like, well, what's a merit increase? It's a raise. It's corporate speak for a raise. So for the first time in my life since I was working at Cinnabon back in the 90s, which, by the way, don't ever fucking eat those things. Don't. I know that it's like, oh, if I have one, if I just have one. Well, one is like a day's worth of calories, man. They're like 2,100 calories in a big one. You're only supposed to have 2,000. So, yeah, if you have one, then, you know, you don't eat for a day. And then you go out and you and, and you and you shit Clay-Doh for five minutes. Then it's like, yeah, then you're good. No, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Don't eat those things. Cinnabon, don't endorse me, whatever. Fine. No big deal. 
but for the first time since I worked in a mall food court, <laughs> I'm getting a, a raise for doing a job well. When education, you know, if you're a band director and your your band does well, well, you end up having to work more, uh, and you don't get paid anymore. And I never got a pay increase because of, of the quality of my job. I got a pay increase because everybody got a pay increase. And that's just the way education works. You know, the guy who's putting in the extra 40 hours a week on top of the 40 hours they're working, he gets the same raise as a, a jerk-off Spanish teacher who's in and out and does the minimal amount of work. Same same thing, same thing. Or, you know, the the, the, the economics teacher that's only there because they like to coach and, and, and the kids end up graduating not knowing the difference between a fucking dollar and a peso and uh scary shit so that was really exciting because i i'd never been i don't know how much of a raise is going to be um a couple like well like it's a percentage thing so like if i'm i would be happy with a one percent raise because that'd be awesome i, I would prefer three percent because that's a little bit above inflation i think that whenever they tell you in in public sector Oh, you get like my wife, she's getting a raise 0.4%, which basically means that that's a 2% pay cut instead of a 2.5% pay cut <laughs> just because inflation, they, they just don't get it. It's like you, you have to give people raises that are at least on pace with inflation. And that's fine. You know, if they want to say teachers, okay, so inflation rate has been gauged at 28 so you're going to get uh, a 2.8% increase. That's fine. That's fair. That's fair. That means it's like, oh, well, you know, we, we understand that things are more expensive. So, you know, we're going to pay you accordingly. So you're not going to get a raise. But no. State of Arizona said, hey, teachers, we got we got to check out what we got for you. 0.4%. 0.4% percent. So you put that on somebody who has a... $100,000 paycheck, right? 400 bucks extra. By the way, I don't know any teacher in Arizona that gets $100,000 for their job. It's closer to 40. So you can kind of do the math there. So it's basically telling teachers, like, here, we're just going to throw... I made more commission than my wife will see as a salary increase. And that's the fucking truth. That's the dead honest truth. My paycheck increase for, for the the first quarter of the year my little bump of money my little hunk uh, comes once every four years or once every four months three months whatever four times a year that is more than when she's going to get a raise and that was for three months of work so if you ever wonder why people leave education this is a fucking reason why is there a teacher shortage who the hell wants to teach who wants to teach these days there's what what is the incentive where are we going to go? What's going to come next? It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. Um, I get it. There's less money. And hey, you know what? Part of it is we did that to ourselves. We did it to ourselves. I had two propositions on here in Arizona. One was for minimum wage increase. And one of them was for legalizing marijuana. Both of those things were major, major ballot issues. They, the money from the marijuana passing would have helped cover a lot of bills. Okay, passing the minimum wage creates a lot more bills. Well, we passed one and not the other one. I voted for one and not the other one. I think you can figure that out right now if you're, even if you're bad at math. It, it's just like it's unbelievable. So that's what we're in. 
We increase the minimum wage because we care more about fast food workers and people that are working these shitty minimum wage jobs. We care more about those people than our teachers. And some of them are going to be getting paid more than our teachers. And yes, you can say, no, 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 no. Teachers make like $22 an hour. That's how their, their hourly breakdown is. I don't know a single teacher that works 40 hours a week. Even the shitty ones don't work 40 hours a week. Even the shitty ones don't work 40 hours. They work more. They work more. So, um, yeah, that was a that's a, that's an interesting thing. So that's where I'm at right now. I don't know exactly who I am. What am I going to do? Where is my life going? What's the next plan? And right now, the the next plan is just to wait until the pathway reveals itself because it always tends to. You know, I need to see some signs to to leave teaching, and I got them. I got them right in my face. And there were a couple moments where I'm like, this is a make or break moment right now. And it was a break. It wasn't a make. Um, and it's sad that that happens to some people. And I I see teachers all the time. And it's funny because all the, the, the people I see on a daily basis, my clients, my customers, you know, every now and then I'll get one that asks me, like, hey, do you miss it? And I tell them, nope. <laughs> and they kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Like, sorry. Like, I'm just being honest, man. I still teach band. I teach it on my terms. I still teach, I stand up in front of groups and make sound. I make music twice a week, man. More than that, because I, I do try to practice. So, you know, it's it's the same thing, except now I'm, I'm actually comfortable in my financial state. You know, as much as everybody really railed against 2016, and I can understand why people did. For a lot of people, it was a tough year. It was a tough year for me. It was a fucking great year. It was awesome. It was, it was an amazing year. I, I was reborn in 2016 in many many ways in many ways you know um, I was unemployed for about six weeks maybe two months at the most I didn't think it was that much uh, so when everybody complains about oh it's a bad economy for jobs bad economy for jobs yeah if you don't have a college degree you know I, I will be honest I have a master's so that does help me out even if my master's is in band conducting which is exactly as useful as it sounds um, but I'm in a job where that actually is a huge advantage for me because I know a lot about a lot of different things in that field. I'm, I'm an expert in that field. I can say with confidence I am an expert in the, the band field because I've been doing it for, you know, I did it for 14 years, studied it for six in college, got an advanced degree in it, um, still very active in it. I'm not one of those guys like, oh, I'm done. I did my recital. not going to play my, my horn again. It's like, nope, I only had took one year off of playing since college uh so it's so it's not like one of those things that uh i, I let atrophy i kept doing it and it's my passion and i've learned a way to make it my passion and have it not break my heart in the process so that puts me in a strange spot because the future is just so like open i don't know what's going to bring i'm going to support my wife you know that's going to be a huge part of it she wants to teach high school she's going to need a lot of help not because she's not capable. It's because the job needs a lot of help. And nobody gets it more than I do. I mean, it, it killed me as a teacher. So uh, that's part of what I'm going to do next. Some podcasting is what I'm hoping to, to get more into. Um, and just trying to find my discipline again. That's That's been a real big part of what's what I need to reclaim. I started going to the gym. Um, I'm probably going to go right to this podcast. And... Uh, 
We got back to the couch to 5K. We're trying uh, number. I think it's, I think I'm up to number eight at this point. I don't even I don't even remember. The first time in 2017. That's when I want to start counting it as. How many times did I restart the couch to 5K this year? Um, so I'm in it now, and I'm doing it on an elliptical instead of the the um, treadmill, and I actually enjoy it a lot more. Uh, I, I set it on like a hill setting, so it goes through a program. But I I follow what they want, and it's it's been a lot better on my knees. It's been a lot better on my my whole body mechanism, and um, so so that's working out. And maybe I'll get to the yoga at some point. I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard uh, keeping the discipline and staying on target. And I really just don't feel like I've I've got as much accountability. So all the accountability has to come from inside. See, that's another thing that parents should realize. You're very lucky when it comes to having to take care of yourself. You have a great motivator. You have children. You can look at your kids and say, I don't want to be some giant fat fuck for my kids. I don't want to die when my kids are like six because I just love pizza and I can't give up ice cream. You know, like you have that motivator. When you are, it's just you and your spouse, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. Because, I mean, I'm not going out there playing in the field. That's just, first of all, I'm too old for that shit. Second of all, no, I love my wife. So it's hard to be motivated to do that. It's like, no, I don't want to have long-term physical problems. You know, I just, my great aunt, she she was sick for, I don't want to say sick, but she was not healthy for many, many, many years. She did not look like she enjoyed her life at all. And she was in the walker and... You know, I, I definitely make sure I, I check my posture as much as possible because I don't want to end up like a, like a hunchback, you know, and she, she was kind of a hunchback at the end. It's, it's okay. It happens. I get it. But people didn't understand posture back then. <laughs> you know, she was 92, so it's not like she grew up in, you know, the most uh, enlightened of times when it came to fitness and physical well-being. You know, she used to tell us she'd drink two pots of coffee a day, and I'm just like, God damn, that's a lot of coffee. <laughs> I drink a lot of coffee. That's a goddamn dickload of coffee and uh you know they didn't really know back then i mean this is back when they used to say like oh your asthma's bad here smoke you know (laughs) that kind of crap so you know i get it but at the same time we know better and i i just want to and and that's something that uh i just can't i haven't hit that breaking point yet where it's like i just have to i I haven't had that moment click in my head and I don't know when it's going to happen or if it ever will happen or if it's just going to be like this the entire time. So crazy how dink life goes. And if you don't know what a dink is, dink is double income, no kids. And it's a it's a pretty weird life to live um, until the money starts to accumulate. And then you're like, oh, now and we just turned the corner on that. You know, my great aunt passed away. I did inherit some money. We used that money to, to help pay for the kitchen and to pay off credit card debt and then start a savings fund for to go on really cool trips so I have something to talk about on the podcast other than the fact that I can't motivate myself to do really much more than lay down and watch Netflix um, there are some good shows I want to recommend uh, Sound Breaking is great uh, also uh, Clash of the Core which is on um, Fuse but you can find it on uh, I think Hulu has it or I don't remember what I saw it on but um, that's a really cool show that's a really cool show if if the marching band thing is something you you're like oh I wonder what it's like now because it has changed dramatically since like three years ago, uh it's a cool show it's like a reality show sort of following the Blue Devils and the Cadets 
through the last season, 2016 summer season. Um, and I hope they do it again this year. I hope they do it with different cores personally. I mean, I'm a cadet. Grew up a cadet fan. I'm not a cadet, but I, I grew up a hardcore cadet fan. Um, got cut from camps. You know, like, it, it was something I always wanted to do, and I never did, and I kind of regret it, but at the same time, not. Because, you know, I'm happy where I am, so I don't regret really anything I've not done. And uh, it, it's just really cool to see that out there. But they did, they did a really shitty show, so it's kind of like, oh, okay. And Blue Devils were awesome, and, you know, if you know anything about drum corps, you know they, they came in second. They did not win like they wanted to, and they hyped it up the whole show. Spoilers. And they don't win. Um, yeah, I think it's... And that's not really spoiling anything. Like, the show aired a while ago. And if you're really into it, you're going to probably look it up and do some research. So, yeah. The only thing I really re- wish they did on that show, and I don't think they will, and I, and I can understand why. I know there's copyright problems, but they should have showed the entire show. They could have shown in the last episode... The, the finals performances of the cadets and of the blue devils because they were really good performances and they were, they, they should have shown that because you see like that you see them marching and wiping out and you know all the all the problems that come along with being in marching band um and uh the, you know they never really uh, showed the entire show so you you don't know what they've been working on the whole time it's kind of weird so if you're gonna do it i say you watch it and then you go online and find uh video of those performances because they are they're really good performances um, even though the cadet show was kind of shitty uh, the Blue Devil show was awesome and then if you see those final performances you gotta check out Blue Coats because it was incredible so well I got my dog making noises behind me now so I think that's a good time to stop so that is the, the Midlife Crisis update what comes next I don't know I don't know and that's the fun part that's the beauty of life is that you don't know what's going to come next. So we'll be coming back to you later. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Uh, we appreciate you listening and um, please subscribe and feel free to pass it on to somebody who you think might be interested in this. Uh, you can contact us uh, email midlife at Bach That's midlife at Bach That's one word. M I D L I F E. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at MidCrisisPod is our Twitter account. Then My Midlife Crisis Podcast is a Facebook account. So until next time, be the hero of your life, be part of the solution, not part of the problem, and keep live music alive.